Pastor Darrell. Thanks, Pastor Mike. A lot of great things happening here at the church, and we just so appreciate uh, you being a part of all of that, being faithful in so many ways. And, and uh, I'm going to ask you to take out your bulletins. There's a room for sermon notes on the back of your bulletins. There's also a Bible blog in there. explains a little more what we're doing today, and so just get that out. And I'm going to ask you to do something different, because uh, this is going to be probably a different kind of sermon than you've ever heard before. I'm going to ask you to not take your Bibles out. And you're actually probably going to get more Bible than you've ever gotten in a sermon ever. But I'm just going to ask you to not take it out. We're going to continue in our series, as you say on the cover of the bulletin, Words in Red. And we're looking at Jesus' words in red. The words that he spoke inside of the Gospels. And, and, and what we do is we want to see what he was saying to his followers 2,000 years ago. Because he wasn't just talking to them. He's talking to us. He's talking to you and to me to equip us to follow him. Today I want us to look at the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7. And if you were allowed to take your Bibles out, you could notice as you look at those chapters, there would be red in all three of those chapters. They would be completely red because it was Jesus' teaching to you and to me. Whether you're a new follower to Jesus, you followed him your whole life, whether you're just wondering, do I even want to follow him? These are the words that you want to look at because these are the words of discipleship. This is the guide for what it's like to live in the kingdom where Jesus is king. And the thing I love about Jesus is that he tells us everything up front. He tells us what life is to look like, how to live, how to obey, and that obedience leads to abundant life. Do you know that the devil is the exact opposite? He doesn't tell you everything on the front end, does he? He just says, you want to do that? Go, go ahead and do that. that. That'll be fine. Not realizing that doing that leads to death. And the devil's been pulling that trick since Adam and Eve. But Jesus, right up front at the beginning, says, this is what it looks like to follow me. This is what leads to abundant Life. And so I want us to look at Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And it's not an exaggeration as I was preparing these messages, and I just had kind of a, a day retreat away going over all the words in red and what were we going to talk about. And when I came to the Sermon on the Mount, it's no exaggeration to say that probably for the rest of my ministry life of preaching, I could preach out of the Sermon on the Mount and not finish. There's that much in there. And so I was thinking, how in a sermon series that we're going to end in June here, it's like, how are we going to explore all this? And then as I was thinking about it, I, I was thinking, you know what? Jesus taught that sermon at one time. It wasn't something that was drawn out. It was a 20, 30-minute sermon that he preached to his followers. It was a one-time sermon that he gave. And and as I was thinking about that, I, I began to think, you know what we need to do is we just need to read the Sermon on the Mount. We need, to, we need to hear it in its fullness as though Jesus was speaking to us. And so I was talking to the pastors, I was talking to our staff, and I, I said, I, 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 we've never done this before for an entire sermon where we just read, uh, you know, chapter after chapter after chapter. What do you think? And everybody's like, no, that's a great idea. And they said, but Daryl, instead of just your voice reading all the time, why don't we have people that are gifted with drama and <laughs> come up and, and, and read it? And then we got really crazy and we thought, what if we went outside on the hill out there 
and we all sat on the hill, and then they read it to us like Jesus was preaching, and, and then we remembered our, our hill is next to Rand Road, and, and so it would probably be hard to hear, and, and now it's 90 degrees, and I don't know about you, but I like being in air conditioning when it's 90 degrees, and so we, we kind of scrapped that, but we kept uh, the idea of having some people come and, and read it for us that are, that are gifted in drama, so I'm going to invite Chris to come, and Carrie to come, and Paul to come, and they're going to read it for us, Matthew 5 through 7, and the reason I asked you to not take your Bibles out is because when uh, the, the listeners, the followers of Jesus were listening to him, they didn't have their Bibles open. They were just listening to the words of Jesus. And so I want you to listen to the words of Jesus today. Now, we will have the words on the screen behind us because maybe there's a verse that stands out to you that you'd just like to jot that verse down in your notes and go back and study again. So the words will be on the screen behind us, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you not to be tempted just to read, but to listen. To listen as though Jesus was standing in front of you, his followers, and, and saying, this is what I want you to know. And what you're going to notice as you hear this sermon all the way through, that it's going to challenge your actions, it's going to challenge your thoughts, it's going to challenge your attitudes, it's going to challenge your heart. It's going to speak to you on so many different levels. It's going to talk about your public life and your private life. It's going to get very, very practical, and then it's going to get very spiritual. There's going to be a super high standard set by Jesus. He's going to say, I want you to be perfect. I want you to walk the narrow road. He's going to teach us how to live with our enemies and how to treat strangers and how to love our friends. He's going to talk about prayer and fasting and money and so many other things. And so I want you not just to open your eyes, but now open your ears to hear the words of Jesus as he talks to his followers about the kingdom. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For the great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth. But what a good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can, can you make it salty again? <laughs> You'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Don't misunderstand why I have come. 
I didn't come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth that heaven and earth will disappear, but not even one smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of God. You have heard your ancestors are told you must not murder. <laughs> if you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the courts. <laughs> and if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. If you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. <laughs> when you're on the way to the court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to the officer, and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you've paid the last penny. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, cause you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. <laughs> it's better for you to lose one part of your body for the, than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your good hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You've heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife merely by giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say... That a man who divorces his wife, unless she's been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. <laughs> you have also heard our ancestors were told you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say don't make any vows. Don't say by heaven because heaven's God's throne. And don't say by earth because the earth is his footstool. And do not say, by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Don't even say, by my head, for you can't even turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond that's from the evil one. <laughs> You've heard the law that says punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say... Do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other also. <laughs> if you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You've heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. 
In the same way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight both to the evil and the good. He, stand, he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward, what reward is there for that? Even the corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you're to be perfect, as your heavenly Father in heaven is perfect. But watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to somebody in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing their trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to somebody in need, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And when you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everybody can see them. I tell you the truth. That's all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they like to look miserable and disheveled so that people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That, again, is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will even notice that you're fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private. And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. It's where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. 
But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, ooh, how deep that darkness is. You cannot serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. And that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or even enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Just look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can your worries add a single moment to your life? So why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These are the things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are not holy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. 
The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the, wind, the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods came, and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. I want to be very careful in our final moments together not to trample the words of Jesus. It's a lot to take in. So let me just turn our attention toward those final words that, that Paul just read for us and the only parable that's in the Sermon on the Mount, the only story, the story of the wise and the foolish builder, the one who built their house on the rock versus the one who built their house on the sand. When you think about a rock, you think about something strong, secure, safe. When you think about sand, you, you think about something that, that shifts, or maybe in the word sinking sand comes to mind. And so the, the, the thing that Jesus is trying to tell us about is, is what foundation are you going to build your life on? His followers have a choice to build their life on one of two foundation so that when the storms of life come, when life happens, when we ultimately stand before the judgment of God, will it last or will it be washed away? The wise builder builds his house on the rock. What does the wise builder do that the foolish builder does not? It says the wise person listened and obeyed. If you want to build your life on the rock, if you want to have the abundant life that Jesus has for you, we need to listen and obey. We've all listened today. So the question is, are we going to obey? 
Building our life on a foundation is a two-step process. It's listening and obeying. We live in a very, very noisy world. We hear so many things going through our, our ears into our brain, and, and God says, I want you to hear my voice. So we spend time in worship. We spend time in prayer. We spend time reading the word and, and talking about God's word together. That's why we, we have Sunday school and small groups and different times where we gather together to hear the voice of God so that we can hear God in a very noisy world. But I got to tell you, it's not enough just to listen to God. A lot of people listen. Jesus says, I want you to listen and obey. It says in James chapter 1, verse 22, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what it looks like. But if you carefully look into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. God will bless you for doing it. Liz and I were going to paint a room in our house. She asked if I could paint a room in the house. And so I, I went out and we decided the color. I went to the store. I bought the paint and, and all the supplies that you need, the, 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 the rollers and the brushes and even the little thing that stirs it and the pans and all that. And I, I brought the paint home and I said, Leslie, I bought the paint. And she said, when are you going to paint then? You know, yeah, it's like... <laughs> You know why? Because paint is only useful when it's applied. Paint only works when it's applied. Jesus' words only work when they're applied. When we live it out. You have to live life every day. So why not live life God's way? I mean, you're going to have to live life. You're going to have to do life. You're going to have to go through life. So why not do it his way? Obey him. Because when you obey him, you will experience the abundant life he's promised. I'll never forget uh, visiting my, my grandpa Merrill for the last time. This is just in my mind right now because we were just in Iowa. And this week I, I went and visited their, their grave site. And, and I just saw his name there, and, and I remember that he passed away while I was in seminary. And my dad said, you know, Grandpa's going to be going soon. Do you want to go? And I remember driving from Cincinnati over to Iowa, and, and I went with my dad. And, and my grandpa in his, his last years wasn't always there completely in, in, his, in his mind. And, and, um, and, and so we just went for that final visit, not knowing how Grandpa would be. And I remember sitting on the bed, me, my dad, and my grandpa, and my dad said to, to my grandpa, Dad, Daryl's about to graduate seminary, and he's going to go into the ministry. Do you have any words of advice to him? Because my grandpa had been a, a minister his whole life. And I'll never forget, because for just a few moments, my, my grandpa came awake, alive, lucid for that moment. And this is what he said, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. He said, listen to God. And do what he tells you. And then he faded back out. I'll never forget those words because it's that two-step process. Listen to the voice of God. 
Listen to what God is telling you. Listen as the word was read today. Listen to my voice and then obey it. It's not enough just to listen. We have to then obey. And it is not going through Matthew chapter 5 through 7, looking at all the things we need to do and checking it off a list. And okay, I'm good at that. I'm not good at that. I'll work on that so I can check that off maybe next year. It's not a checklist. It's a relationship. And it's a journey of listening and obeying. Listening and obeying. Listening and obeying. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? Today we've heard the the words of Jesus as he preached them 2,000 years ago to his followers. And today we've heard the voice of the Lord once again. We'll go back to that section again, I'm sure, as we preach the words in red. And I'm sure you'll study that on your own. And you'll probably do that the rest of your life. But today I want us to make a commitment to obey what we hear. That when God speaks to us, that we will obey. That we won't just listen and forget, but that we'll do what it says. And not just on Sundays or Wednesdays or when your small group meets, but that we'll do it every day. Jesus, we thank you for your words this morning. God, I thank you that Um, you speak those words to us today and Lord there's so much in there you tell us how to live our life you you tell us about how to keep our heart right with you 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 talk about prayer you talk about not worrying you talk about loving others Lord there's so much there and so today as followers of you Wherever we're at in that journey, whether we're just beginning it or thinking about beginning or we've done it our whole life, Lord, we we don't want to just be hearers. We want to be doers. We all want to be doers. But God, we know that we are weak on our own, but it's in our weakness that you're strong. And God, that you give us power by the Holy Spirit to listen, to obey, to follow you. Jesus, we have heard your words and we are not content to forget. We want to follow. And so today, we choose to follow. We choose to build our life on the rock so that when the winds come, we will stand strong in you. We love you today, Lord. And we stand and worship you now as we follow you. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's worship.